Welcome to episode 63 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For February 2016, we're discussing The Secret Life of C.C. Wilkes by Diane Chamberlain. Hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And we are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we're excited to discuss our 183rd Cove pick, The Secret Life of C.C. Wilkes, which was chosen for us by Cove member Cheryl in Arizona. So uh, this one was a good book club book, right? Oh, yes. I gave an A just like you do. And, and you know, I, I have a lot of Bs or B pluses most of the time, but not too many A's. So right. I, I thoroughly in, enjoyed this this book right from the get-go. Yeah, me too. I thought it raised a lot of good topics for discussion. So it was like a perfect book club book. Even though it was something you wouldn't think would happen very often, you could see how it could happen. Yeah. Especially since... Uh, Cece was basically uh, on her own at a young age, and she just, you know, wanted to be loved and accepted for who she was, and Mm -hmm. she got pulled in by definitely the wrong person. You know, she was still naive and trusting and pretty much made the rest of her life quite different from what she ever would have expected. You know, when the book first started and this thing got going, I did not like her one bit. Oh, really? Cece, no. <laughs> I was saying, oh, my God, this girl, what an idiot. And, you know, even though she had lost her mother, had no father, she was basically an orphan. And so she was really needy. You know, she had her roommate. Right. But, you know, I could see that, yeah, she obviously would be very responsive to a guy she has a crush on that shows interest. Right. But then when he came up with this cockamamie scheme about kidnapping the governor's wife and she, I mean, actually went along with it, I was just like, okay, there's just no way I I can change how I feel about this stupid girl. She's just an idiot. So, and I think that's what made me end up giving it an A. The author did such a great job of speaking to the humanity of this situation. Right. By the end. And I completely came around because of um, the daughter, Corey, you know, how she responded. I I was just really impressed with that. It, I, I felt like I could see this happening. Right. And these are the kinds of reactions that you can expect because, you know, if we jump to the end, when um, everything comes out and the governor and his other daughter are like, they want Cece's head, you know, on a platter. Yeah. Which obviously, and then here comes Corey, you know, she goes through this process of first, she's very upset and feels like she doesn't want anything to do with Cece. And then the reality of it, you know, I think in that conversation she had with her father, with the governor, when she goes to him and, you know, braves the highway to drive herself. Right. And she goes to him and she says, you know, you you say you love me, but I need you to love me. Corinne, whatever her last name is, this woman raised me. She's the only mother I know. And the circumstances, I have nothing to do with that. Right. All I know is this is my mother and I can't hate her the way you do. And I just thought, wow, that's it right there. That's exactly what you would expect. 
because how could she feel about Cece the way the governor did or the way her her sister did? Right. Even though she questioned things all the time and, and didn't feel part of the family like Drew, since Drew was the biological child of both Jack and Cece. Jack and, yeah. you know, Eve. Eve, slash, right. Uh, slash Cece. Still, you know, that was the person who raised her. I mean, she... You know, had enough issues of her own, but she still realized that was the person who raised her and the other only mother she'd ever known. And when she heard about how she was suffering in the jail, yeah, her heart just couldn't allow her to feel like, well, you're getting what you deserve, bitch. You know, <laughs> so right. you know she reacted the way any human. Basically, uh, Cece, if she'd been really cold-hearted, that she wouldn't have just left uh, Genevieve behind. You know, after she died, she would have just left both of them, thinking, hey. You know, Tim pulled me into this nasty situation. <laughs> so, too bad. You know, I could walk away. It's not my fault. You know, I got roped into this. But instead, she, you know, she, even though there was too late to do anything about the mother, she could at least help the baby. You know, and I guess at the time, too, you think, well, why didn't she, even though they were saying when they were arranging a place for her to stay with Marion, why didn't she? you know, go to the police and say, this is what happened. Cause I think she felt like she would be in big trouble and be in jail forever. And then she still felt some loyalty to Tim, even though as time went on, she figured, found out what a, you know, scum he was. You yeah. Know, he definitely used her, but at the time she just felt loyalty to him and thought, Oh, well, you know, it'll be really bad on him. If I go confess also, and plus, as you said, we said she was really young. She was 16, but she was also a young 16 because she had just led a very sheltered life between uh, the time she had with her mom and then in these foster homes and then, you know, pretty much having to take care of herself while she was still really young. I, I mean, I know that time in your life for most young girls you're very impressionable, especially to older men um, that you might like. But I was thinking to myself, there is just no way that I could have, anybody could have gotten me to do that. No. Even when I was 15, 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. I And I could be so enam enamored with him or think I'm in love with him and all this stuff. But once he went there, I would have been just like, too scared to eat to do it you know oh, so, no, no thank you yeah like i want to help you but no i'm sorry <laughs> sorry good luck with that people do it because from what i've read and even years ago when i was on a, a grand jury for six months one of the times the all of us grand jurors instead of going to hear a bunch of cases we went to visit the jails at the time and in the men's side, they were all cutting up and laughing and having a good time. But in the women's part, it was just really sad. I mean, they all looked really pitiful. Right. And, and the people that took us through were saying, well, some of these people may have gotten in their, here on their own, but they said a lot of them are here because of boyfriends or husbands they had. And they got mm -hmm. in trouble through that. So unfortunately, that does happen that these women get talked into or drug into situations that normally they wouldn't have done if it hadn't been for whoever they were with at the time. So it may not have been this drastic, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, too many women get pu pulled down the wrong road at times. Yeah, and Cece was definitely one of them. And right. um, later when the trial was going on and she was still kind of showing, like, like you said, consideration for Tim uh -huh. 
I was like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> You're still hoping he gets off? Yeah, you wouldn't be in this mess. Or your, I know. Your whole life wouldn't have, would have been different if it hadn't been for him. Oh, my goodness. But then in a way, you think, too, at the same time, even though bad things happen and she never could be really calm, you could see no wonder that Corey was so anxious because... She was kind of a bundle of nerves time, at times, too. It was hard for her to be calm. She, she was always theoretically looking over her shoulder, thinking something could happen. Yeah, because she's living in hiding, basically. Right, right. Yes. And with a, a different name and look at what they did. Look, there's a dead body in her past. You know what I mean? Right. So I, it, it was totally authentic that this baby would grow up to be have these serious OCD-type complexes. Right, yeah. And, you know, lots of phobias and phobias yeah more so than the you know normal children or people would have oh yeah and then when she meets ken he kind of picks up on the fact that okay it's your mother that's made you like this your mom right, right. and then she really pulled away from her yeah. mother kind of cut off communication with her for a while oh, and yeah. that that made it seem like what ended up happening wouldn't was would have been unlikely like her the turnaround that Corey ended up making would have been unlikely since their relationship had been so fractured when this first happened when this happened in the first place right right and and the fact that the writing was so good you know, she, she wrote these characters so well that it plays out perfectly. It's like oh. you can see it happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could, you know, she, she did a fabulous job. Of, it, it wasn't just telling. She was showing so many of these things about the characters that made you feel like you truly, uh, even if you didn't understand why they did the things they did, but you could still, un, you know, feel that, yes, they had made bad choices, choices and everything and this was a result but you could you could see it happen and it felt authentic and, and realistic to you because the way she presented them i mean talk about tension and i felt like this was such a page turner once genevieve's body was found uh-huh that's when i could not put it down it dragged a little bit for me in the middle like with cc's everyday life while she and jack were yeah. you know, making their life and i kind of felt like okay get on with it when's the cat gonna get out the bag you know when right. things gonna start going and then when the uh, report came that they found this body that's when it became a page turner i was oh. like oh my god oh god how's this gonna go now You're right and one of the scenes that really just pulsed off the pages for me was when she was telling jack the truth yeah when when she finally couldn't take it anymore she was taking days off work to watch the trial <laughs> and trying to duck her husband so he wouldn't find out you know yeah and um i just thought that was so well done and then when she is when tim gets convicted and she realizes well okay i'm i'm not willing to let him die nobody killed her but if she hadn't been drug off into the middle of nowhere she, she probably, probably would have survived exactly <laughs> <laughs> Even though she did say that the first baby she really hemorrhaged, so you you don't know, but but there's a lot a lot better chance of her survival if she was in a regular hospital and set right. out in the wilderness, right? Because she knew she was high risk, right? You know, she said that right away. This is a high risk pregnancy, and like you said, she had hemorrhaged with her first baby. So she would have been prepared. But anyway, so Eve decided she needed to speak up. And so she tells Jack the truth. And the way Jack reacts was just amazing. You know, his response was like, it just rang with authenticity, with the authenticity of someone in that position. Yeah. Like you're, you're finding out your wife and the child that 
you know, she had when you met her is the governor's missing baby. You know what I mean? It was like, oh my God. Will anybody be freaked out? Yeah. Totally freaked out. And, you know, then he goes off and he still has to come back and try to support her anyway. I thought yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, a lot of people just say, hey, you, you've been deceiving everybody all this time. So, you know, I'm sorry. I just can't handle this. And you wouldn't, couldn't, you know, blame somebody if they did something like that. Because they would think... Oh my goodness, I've been living a lie with this person for years. Well, you know what I think the reason why I feel it's so authentic, the way that it went and it wasn't contrived. Right. Because Eve slash Cece, they knew who she was. They had spent the last, whatever, 20 years with this woman. Right. And if she had been a devious person, if they had had a difficult relationship with her because of her nature being, you know, someone who would do something like that. Yeah. Then it would have been a different story. Well, that's true. That's, yeah, that's that's very true. Her husband would not have, you know, wouldn't have found his way back to supporting her and neither would Corey. Yeah. Because they would have known that, okay, yeah, I guess, you know, we've known you were capable of something like this all along. Yeah. But she wasn't that person. She wasn't that person. She'd made this horrible mistake by getting mixed up with the, the wrong man, you know, mm -hmm. when she was still a teenager. Very young. Mm -hmm. Very young. So, but I mean, you know, Jack was a really special person because I think he was one of these people that truly loved people unconditionally with Eve slash Cece and then with Corey and then even of course more so with his own biological child but he just he just took them all in you know he didn't Corey kept asking about her background but he just thought well it doesn't matter you know I love Eve so I'm gonna love her child and he was helpful even when Corey was having all these you know terrible uh phobias and meltdowns when she was young you know he did the best he could to help out with it not very many men i mean there's there's really good ones but there's a lot of men out there that wouldn't be able to deal with someone else's child that some child that wasn't theirs but he just he accepted the whole package from the get-go so he you have to admire him as a a really good man he was a very good husband and really great character. Yes. I was wondering, you know, for a while, like, okay, how blind is, how blind is Jack going to be? But it turned out that, you know, he wasn't, you know, he, he yeah. was kind of realizing that something isn't right with her and this case. Right. And then the way it played out too, like it took her a while to realize she could call her journalist friend to make the confession, you know, like she was trying to find ways to get in touch with Tim's lawyer or, you know, how can I get to the media? How can I get to them to tell them what I know? Right. And then finally she realized, oh, I can call Lorraine, right? Her yeah. name was Lorraine. Yeah, duh, I'll call Lorraine. That just rang so true, you yeah. know, to how somebody in that state of mind would be thinking. Yeah, you know, not go right to the main thing. Obvious, but, exactly. Yeah, but just just go to someone that she has a connection with, who knows she'll, she'll try to uh, make it as less you know, spectacular than it has to be. You, you know, you can trust her to go forward doing the right thing. And like I said, she could have kept quiet, but then I guess she would always be, be afraid what, what Tim would say too, to try to, you know, keep from going on death row. Cause you just wonder, even though she was still so protective of Tim in her own way, would he have, you know, maybe rolled on her, so to speak, get either immunity or a lesser sentence, you know, snitch on somebody else that's involved. It was amazing to me that he didn't say anything, that he decided not to. Mm-hmm. 
um, involve her and just keep quiet about her, whatever the outcome. That was good because at the beginning, he had taken advantage. He definitely had taken advantage of her. Yeah, and I love that we got that scene between them at the jail at the end when she she goes to see him. And I just love the way she wrapped things up. I felt like it was very well done. It, It didn't feel like, you know, too sappy or... You know, like a lot of times these types of stories are so contrived and it's not really authentic. But this just was very well done. And and it was satisfying. You felt like you got all the loose ends tied up. Yeah. And then this money coming, because at first you thought, well, maybe it's because he thought she had gotten pregnant or whatever. But then you find out that he had an affair with uh, Genevieve Genevieve. when she was teaching. So he was still sort of trying to... um, you know, pay for his sins by paying money, you know, sending money for the baby. Because he didn't he know still... if it was his or not. Yeah, well, and it, it could have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. When you, you start to think about it that, yeah, I, you know, might have been the governor's, but it, it could have been Tim's also because Corey had that bright red hair, but th- that came from the mother's the mother. side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Genevieve came into the cabin, and, you know, she said to Cece, oh, you know, he's he's a ladies man or something. Right. I kind of suspected that she may have been involved with him. Yeah. But I did not make the connection with the baby. I always believed that the baby was the governor's. Right. That's what I thought, too, till the end. You go, oh. Oh, it could have been Tim's. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, think, you know, they kind of give you a hint, but that doesn't really... Connect. Connect (laughs) till the very end. You think, aha, okay. That was excellent uh, way she developed that too. You get little hints, but you don't know the whole story till the very end, which I like better. I like some of these reveals at the very end. And I loved how Corey's development happened where she goes from being this very timid, anxious, fearful person to driving herself a long distance, telling Ken to get lost and really growing into herself. I love that. Yeah. I almost felt like even though you could partly blame Eve slash Cece for making Corey feel worse and getting all these other phobias because she was so overprotective of her, still, sometimes certain children are just certain way anyway. And, but you just feel like this Ken had like not really a physically abusive thing, but he was trying to isolate Corey from her family and, and blame them for all her problems. So, you know, a lot of times that's the way it starts out with people who are abusers. Yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, kind of nervous from the get go about the way he was acting. And then, I mean, Corey didn't need to, uh, at least she kind of cut the cord a little bit with Eve after she went off, it was in college for a while because before she was the one that couldn't stand to um, be gone too much. But then she finally sort of settled in and was telling, okay, mom, you don't have to call every day. Mom, you don't have to do this every day. She was finally getting a little bit better on her own. I was just fearful that Ken was going to pull her back away from her family too. So he could, you know, keep her all to himself. Yeah. But luckily that didn't work out that way. So He seemed like a the kind of weak guy that needs to be the woman's protector yeah. and have a weak woman who looks to him for everything. And that's where he finds his identity, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And um, I, you, I don't know if he would have turned into an abuser, but, you know, he had that same type of relationship, it seems, with his wife. Right. Didn't want to divorce her because, you know, she needs him. <laughs> I'm so glad Cheryl picked out this book. Me too. Because 
I may have eventually noticed it in recent times. I've read a couple of the uh, Diane Chamberlain's through uh, other ways, and I had um, recently listened to uh, Pretending to Dance, and each one of them have gone into different topics that were thought-provoking and family-type issues and all. So I've enjoyed it. And the only thing in this book that I guess I took it too personally is back early on when um, Eve slash Cece was looking over at Marion and said, well, you know, I might have to start, ta- she, she's taking good care of me, but I might start to need to start taking good care of her because her wrinkles are showing up. And the woman was just 67. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? Well, uh, you know, I think that's a more superficial way of looking at it. I think she probably was noting that she was getting on and she wasn't able to, because I noticed that with my grandmother, she would be washing the dishes and you notice that that she's just not as, the grip isn't as strong. That right. You just start to notice certain things. I know. I know so, I yeah, I don't think she meant it just because she had wrinkles. I think. Well, I, I mean, even that, it's just that, of course, there's certain things I can't do now that I couldn't, I could do when I was 20, but that's just any, how anybody is, right. you know, but, and we all have to deal with our own different things, but I just think, well, I just don't want to feel like I'm getting towards the, the pitiful need taking care of stage yet. You know, but everybody's everybody's different. But I think um, Cece, I loved her relationship with Marion, though. Oh, I, yeah. I liked that relationship. Yeah. And the, when she got the note, when they were looking for someplace for someone else to hide out, uh-huh. and she, she got that note and she was just like, uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, knocking on my door now. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. Can't do that. And then her her mother, I love that her old roommate showed up and gave her the letters from her mom. That was so sweet. You know, especially that one ending there. Because, yeah, then her mother had been, you know, dead for a long time. And she was older than her her poor mother ever got to live to be. But those those letters were um, so supportive. It was nice, you know, her mother to leave those behind for her when she knew she was going to die yeah she could be able to tell her things that you wouldn't understand when you're only 12 like when her mom died but that later on it would make sense to you yeah i thought that was really sad i I remember feeling bad for Cece when she realized she was gonna have to leave the letters behind yeah that that was probably the the hardest thing to to do yeah she treasured those so much but but i i'm like as i said i'm very glad that we picked this book to read and I would highly recommend it to just about anybody. Engage them and and make them think a little bit more about choices that we all make. And people's humanity. Absolutely. Yeah, the humanity behind a situation like this. Because even Tim's humanity was shown at the end. You know, that he, he said to her, I'm not proud of who I was then, you know, and he right. basically confessed everything that, yeah, I, I got us into it real good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a horrible situation and the poor governor, I mean, give him a round of applause right. for, you know, listening to Corey because he and his daughter, what was her name? Vivian, Vivian. I think. They had every right to hate Eve. Um, It was horrible what they did. Horrible. So I just thought with the depth of that offense and for her to be able to go in there and, and make a plea that was truly human and truly authentic and have him respond to that, I just thought that was fabulous. Yes, it was. 
So great pick, Cheryl. Yes. Great pick. Um, I think the, a lot of the other members that have finished it, um, we're going to start our online discussion today, but everyone else has enjoyed it as well. So that's good. And I think we're going to have a really good discussion online. Oh, yes. The rest of the group. I think so. All right. So that is our discussion of The Secret Life of C.C. Wilkes by Diane Chamberlain. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in for our next episode when we'll discuss The Lake House by Kate Morton. Hope that's a good one. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.